If aliens ever looked for signs of intelligent human life, they might hear sounds reminiscent of an underground party in a Brooklyn warehouse where the eerie sounds are both chill and intense. And the crafts they fly in to hear what the Earth sounds like are also slightly eerie, as we've learned through new declassified video footage. Welcome to the Abstract Podcast from Inverse. I'm Tanya Bustos, your host. Our first story is about the interstellar objects recently found zipping through our solar system. In the spring of 2020, when the Pentagon released videos taken by U.S. Navy pilots showing an unidentified aerial phenomenon, it caused a stir among UFO enthusiasts and skeptics alike. The strange occurrence, unlike anything Navy pilots had seen before, remains unidentified, but many questions about the bizarre footage remain. Our second story is about what aliens would actually hear if they flew by Earth. By capturing the sound of the Earth in five recordings, the spacecraft Bepi Colombo discovered a new understanding of space instruments and data collection, not to mention the perfect trippy sounds to unwind to after a long night of crop circling in middle America. This is The Abstract, a look at the latest scientific discoveries and technology innovations from the reporters at Inverse. In each episode, we explore a single theme through two different stories. Up first, the mystery surrounding that bizarre unidentified footage in a UFO video released by the Pentagon. Is it really aliens this time? What you just heard was video from the Pentagon released in April 2020. Three videos taken by U.S. Navy pilots showed what we're calling an unidentified aerial phenomenon. These videos were leaked back in 2017 and stirred up major UFO rumors. The footage shows a bunch of odd-looking aircraft flying with unidentified maneuvers. So odd, you can hear the Navy pilots reacting in awe, like this. As well as other expletives not suitable for this broadcast. While President Trump called the newly released Pentagon footage a quote-unquote hell of a video, he had previously told ABC News that he doesn't believe in UFOs, but recognized the increase in the number of reports of unidentified aircraft by Navy pilots. They do say, I mean, I've I've seen and I've read and I've heard, and I did have one very brief meeting on it, but people are saying they're seeing UFOs. Do I believe it? Not particularly. Our great pilots would know. Uh, And some of them really see things that are a little bit different than in the past. So we're going to see. So what's the story behind these mysterious unidentified phenomenon? Joining us with more is Inverse's Pesent Rebier. Hey, welcome. Welcome back, I should say. Thank you. So let's just get down to what we're working with here. What exactly was released? This video, you know, it was released April 2020 by the Department of Defense. They authorized the release of these specific videos. What are they and what's the story behind the previous leaks? Well, so these videos are originally shot in November 2004 and January 2015. So they're three separate videos of three separate incidents. And they all show this weird aerial phenomena that no one can really explain yet. And it just shows these this like cluster of flying objects that are just doing all these maneuvers that even Navy pilots couldn't identify. They're just like dipping in and like going 
uh, fast and then making uh, like turns and you, they also couldn't identify like any kind of physical characteristics of like any known aircraft. Yeah, it's um, it, it's something to see and it's, it's something to hear their reaction as well. Why is this particular video or, you know, these these clips making such big news, though? You know, we hear about sightings all the time, but this feels really different in a way. Well, right. Yeah, this one feels more legit in a way because not only so the videos were originally leaked three years ago and there was a lot of hype around them. But I mean, and and the pen, uh, the Pentagon did confirm that, yes, these videos are real and they were taken by navy pilots but then by re-releasing them it kind of just like legitimized them even more by you know now these videos are available on the department of defense's website so it kind of gives it that like legitimacy and even though they don't actually say what's in the video that also adds a little bit to people thinking well i mean if they don't know what it is then it's definitely something strange is happening in these videos right and do we know anything about these navy pilots who shot the video and and what they have to say about it right so they uh two of them came out at the time that the videos were leaked and they spoke to the new york times third pilot came out and spoke to the new york magazine in 2019. And till this day, they still admit they don't really know what they witnessed that day. They're still trying to figure it out and identify it, but they have no idea what they what they saw flying that day and no one really knows yet. Yeah. And you have to consider the skeptic point of view, because it seems as though even some skeptics are a little, no one can really explain it, but what are you hearing from that camp, if, if anything? Right. So obviously people don't know what's happening in these videos, but skeptics are still saying like, oh, just because this is strange, it doesn't mean that it's UFOs. It doesn't mean that it's aliens. It could just be like some kind of, you know, advanced aerial technology that we're not aware of yet. And that's what people, the skeptics are leaning towards, even though this is unidentified, doesn't mean that it necessarily like extraterrestrial life. On the flip side, though, you know, these UFO enthusiasts must be ecstatic. Right. I mean, can you imagine? (laughs) Because all other UFO videos, I don't know if you've seen ones, they're like really hazy and you kind of see something flying out there and you don't really know what it is. You don't know if the video is legit or not. You don't know who shot it. But this one feels a lot more real because it was shot by Navy pilots and it was kind of acknowledged by the Pentagon. So, I mean, this is real. And even though they're not saying they're UFOs or it's extraterrestrial life, it's still a very strange phenomena that no one can explain till today, but everyone saw it in the video. Even with this legitimacy, with as much as, you know, the Pentagon involved, obviously, will that furthermore define anything or will this just be par for the course as these things go and remain a mystery? Yeah, I mean, I imagine there could be like ongoing investigations into what this is, but it's not really clear what that would be. And it hasn't really been like announced um, after they released the video, it wasn't really announced whether or not they would further investigate this this phenomena to try to identify it or not. So it's not really clear what happens now. They kind of just put it out there. They're like, okay, this is a real video. We acknowledge it. It doesn't reveal any sensitive information, but we also don't know what it is. We don't know what's happening in these videos. But it, it didn't say whether or not they would conduct further investigations. Yeah, really interesting uh, look in, into uh, what's going on out there. Listeners can head to inverse.com to check out the video and more on the story. But in the meantime, Vicente, thanks so much. Thank you. From strange sights to strange sounds, 
Science has captured some new Earth tones. Up now, what aliens would hear if they flew by Earth. You're listening to Eyeballs, some of the earlier works of Daniel LePatton, a.k.a. 10 Tricks Point Never. But it's got an earthy vibe, and as it turns out, it's not unlike what the Earth sounds like. That was the sonification of data recorded by the Italian Spring Accelerometer aboard the spacecraft Beppe Colombo as it neared Earth ahead of an April 2020 flyby. The audio starts with the spacecraft entering its eclipse and exiting from beyond the Earth's surface. Taking a pit stop hover by Earth before flying for Mercury, as one does, the Bepi Colombo spacecraft conducted its first and only approach to the planet, recording data it then turned into sound. That was one of them. The spacecraft got a second data set with the help of the Earth's magnetic field. As it flew over the planet's magnetosphere, it grabbed this sound. Vaguely calling into mind the trip-inducing music of Suzanne Chani, the instruments providing these trippy space sounds can do more than make you feel like you're at an underground party in a Brooklyn warehouse, although for some of us, that would be enough. Here to help us understand what we just heard and the instruments that create such cosmic-sounding Earth music is Inverse's Pesent Rebier. Hey, welcome back, Pesent. Thank you. So the original sound, just to be clear, is inaudible to humans since in space, sound waves don't exactly travel the same way. So um, how did this team in Italy convert these sound waves? I know it's called sonification, but how does this all go? So the the recordings are actually about like eight hours long. It's It's basically measurements of data. It's eight hours worth of data that Uh, the spacecraft collected while traveling through space. And then what you do is you get this data and you turn it, transform it into sound waves and that way you can hear it. And so that's the process of sonification where you basically turn measurements into sound. Right, and the spacecraft, the Bepi Colombo, obtained this data by recording with a couple of instruments. Let's um, kind of break each of them down. One was the um, the Italian Spring Accelerometer. That's always a tough one. <laughs> yeah. What What does this instrument do to get the sound? So the spacecraft is actually a Bepi Colombo is uh, was doing this flyby of Earth as it was going. The mission is planned for Mercury, so it's on its way to Mercury, but it's doing. One like one last flyby of Earth to use the gravitational pull of Earth to kind of propel it forward towards its uh, Mercury orbit. So it was like a brief around like 30 minute flyby that it did. And as it was traveling by Earth, it has all these different instruments on it that are meant to like measure data on Mercury. So the team were actually kind of, it kind of got it right as the spacecraft was entering behind Earth. So kind of away from sunlight and then as it exited from behind earth so it it, this whole time it was kind of hiding behind the earth the sun that's when this uh data was measured well that's one way to do it easy enough um (laughs) 
The other instrument, the MPO mag, it um, again works within the magnetic field. How um, does this play out and how would you describe this kind of magnetic earth sound? Yeah, it's a little wonky, right? So this one is, this second instrument is more to do with the magnetic field of earth and the magnetosphere. So it kind of captured the sound of earth's magnetosphere or this kind of like area that surrounds our planet and it's kind of still affected by the planet's magnetic field. So outside of that bubble that surrounds Earth is like deep space where our magnetic magnetic field is no longer, doesn't have an effect anymore. But the spacecraft dove right into that area where our magnetic field still has this effect. And you can kind of hear it go through different uh, variations of it. So if it starts off on like the outer layer, then it goes deeper and deeper in and until it reaches the part where our magnetic field actually interacts with the solar wind that's come that's being emitted by the sun. So that's kind of why it sounds a little like... <laughs> It's a lot going on. Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. All kind of makes sense when you put it like that. Um, the fact that we're able to hear these sounds and and what they sound like is a pretty cool concept. But with these types of instruments, what else can teams like these do? Right. So in the case of Bepi Colombo, because this wasn't part of its mission, and like it hasn't officially started its mission yet because it's still going to Mercury. So this was actually a chance for the team here to kind of reconfigure this instrument and make sure that it's working properly and like and that so that by the time it actually gets to Mercury they can take some um when it starts making serial measurements, they can make sure that it's, you know, working properly. Right. And Mercury is a big side note here. The spacecraft launched in 2018 to go to Mercury. Uh, cool. Uh, what, what's there to do in Mercury? What's, uh, what's to be found there? <laughs> um, Mercury is, it has like an abnormally large core. Even though it's still molten, it's still able to generate a magnetic field, which something is something that Mars and Venus aren't able to do. So this is kind of a mystery that scientists aren't really sure why it happens. So this is sort of a chance to take these measurements of Mercury and sort of learn more about planets' magnetic fields and planets in our solar system. Cool. And possibly produce some more cool sounds for us uh, <laughs> in the future. There's uh, more to listen to at inverse.com as well. Uh, Pacent, thanks so much. Thank you. Head to inverse.com to read more about the extraterrestrial happenings on this planet and others. You can click on the link in the show notes for that story and all others we talked about today. If you agree that science and facts matter more than ever, give us a rating and review on iTunes to help more people find the abstract and other podcasts like it. New episodes of The Abstract are released three times a week. Find old episodes and more original reporting on science, innovation, culture, and entertainment at inverse.com. Look for The Abstract Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever app you use. For Inverse, I'm Tanya Bustos. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.